The Last Advocate. The The Last Advocate of Marche Templeton. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Last Advocate. Today's episode is titled Advocating for Yourself and the Importance of Self-Care. And when I talk about self-care, I want to be clear that I'm specifically talking about mental health, your mental health, making sure that mentally you are taking care of yourself. Um, I know it's a little different than what we would normally talk about in regards to advocacy, but I thought that right now it would be a good time to uh, bring both of these topics together. I feel like they both intermingle and impact each other so much and, and a great conversation around it I think is necessary. I have, I, I, I'm so excited, I have a guest that I've been wanting to invite to the show for a few years now, and I thought that this might be a great opportunity to, to have you guys hear her voice. Uh, welcome, Miss Denise Salisbury. Thank you so much for being a part of our conversation today. Thank you. Very happy to be here. So before we get started, I did want to uh, just give a little information about Denise so we are all familiar with her. Denise has over 25 years experience as an educator and 20 years as a real estate professional. She currently works as an administrator for BCPS and is an active real estate agent with United Real Estate Professionals. Her career has introduced her work, I'm sorry, has introduced her to many opportunities to network and engage with others all while balancing her balancing her personal life. Denise is a mother of two amazing beautiful daughters, Maya, a junior at Spelman College and Olivia, a junior in high school. Her children remain one of the biggest reasons she is so passionate about assisting others in their quest to get the best out of life. Denise considers herself a serial entrepreneur. She has recently launched a life coach life coaching business called Positive Wisdom. Through this business, she works with others to encourage balance, finding your life's purpose, how to effectively communicate in relationships, and so much more. And that is why I wanted to have you on here because I have seen you and I have heard your words and they're always so amazing. And I feel like advocating for yourself and making sure that you are physically and mentally well is something that sometimes we put off. We do. We do all the time. Uh, We take care of other people so so much more than we take care of ourselves. So it's just important. It is so important. One of the things I wanted to start off with is that for me, advocating is easy when it comes to others Mm -hmm. but when it comes to advocating for myself I'm pretty bad at it I don't I don't get there until I'm already upset about something or I'm already frustrated and I've Mm -hmm. missed the opportunities to to do it previously because I just didn't know how Uh, Mm -hmm. why is it that knowing how to advocate yourself why is that so important Well, when we are not advocating for ourselves, when we're not treating ourselves with the utmost care, it's very hard for us to do that for other people. Mm. We we think we're doing a great service for others, but when you neglect yourself, you can't show up as the best that you can be, 
And so, therefore, when you're helping other people, they're getting, like, mediocre stuff. Imagine what you would be able to do if you just took care of yourself first. Then you would be able to help them on a whole nother level. So that's one of the main reasons it's so important, because if you're a person like me who, who lives and enjoys helping other people, I realize, I, well, I've just realized in my later adult years that I can't do a great job of that if I'm not taking care of myself first. So in order to do for others, we got to do for ourselves first. That's one of the major reasons. Um, other than the fact that it helps you to be the ver- best version of yourself. But we just, sometimes we think it's selfishness, and it's really not selfishness. Now, you can be selfish, but taking care of yourself is not selfish. I like the way you put that. Taking care of yourself is not selfish. That is correct. That, that is correct. I love that. I <laughs> I feel like it, it takes a certain amount of confidence to get there, though. To, to, to get that understanding that they're two separate things uh, mm-hmm. and that you don't have to lessen one to to not become or not do what's necessary. Like you don't have to uh, be less confident and not push yourself because you don't want to see, you know, it's, it's, it's an art to it. It's, it's almost Absolutely. the art of advocating for yourself. Absolutely. It's an art. And, you know, for, you know, historically, you know, you know, I can speak for our people. I can speak for African Americans. Um, we have always been at someone else's beck and call, mm-hmm. and it's always been about how we can do something for others. And so, for our people, it becomes, um, you know, we start to when we start to think about the thing of taking care of ourselves. It's like, well. No, I got to make sure everybody else in my household's okay. My husband's got to be okay. My wife's got to be okay. My children's got to be okay. My parents got to be okay. And then you find yourself burned out. Yes. Because you have not done what you needed to do for you. I have seen over the past several years a number of caretakers who were caring for people who were um, gravely ill end up dying first. Mm-hmm because they did not take care of themselves because everything was given to the person who was, quote-unquote, sicker than they were. Or the the co-worker or the person that works in the office who has worked from sunup to sundown. And there was one case where a woman, and I'm sure there are many cases, where she was head down in the cubicle, working, 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 Worked all the time. Everybody, every time somebody came in the office, they saw her working. They came back on Monday. They left on Friday. They came back on Monday. She was still there. She had died at her death. Wow. Because people were so accustomed to seeing her mm-hmm. grind for the company, mm-hmm. it wasn't unusual for them to see her working seven, eight o'clock at night. But because she wasn't taking care of herself and was worrying about what was going on at the job, she neglected herself, and unfortunately, she passed away. And guess what? Someone cleaned her desk and had someone else there probably weeks later doing the work she died doing. I saw a meme, and uh, it, it made the reference to 
pretty much you you give everything and and give all for a job die and before your obituary is done they already have your job announcement out for your mm-hmm. replacement so that that's is right oh, that is that's so, right so we spend more time at work and doing things work related than we do many times with our own family and if we were to pass away the people impacted the most would be our families and we've given them the less time so we really have to start that's one of the reasons why i started on this quest of making sure that I am in tune to what I need. Mm-hmm. I'm in tune to what my family needs. Everybody else comes next. Mm-hmm. It's about what I need first, what my family needs second, and then everybody else gets whatever I have left. And usually that is way more than what they would get if I didn't do those two things first. Gosh, that that. I'm so glad you said that because people just don't look at it that way. And it's so, Mm -hmm. but if you're feeling at your best and have your, your, you're at the height of your energy and your mental capacity is at its best, you're going to do better in everything that you do. In everything. You mentioned work and I wanted to uh, specifically talk a little bit about uh, advocating for ourselves at work in uh, personal relationships and even in healthcare. And mm-hmm. I know for me specifically at work, it when it came time for me, a black woman, uh, to advocate for myself, it kind of was taken as me being a little too assertive, or taking mm-hmm. take uh, or, or me looking uh, aggressive or angry mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. you know me not getting something that I felt I deserved. And I had to take a step back, like, well, am I am I too passionate about this? Am I coming on a, a little too strong? Or is this because I'm a woman? Or is this because I'm a black woman? Like, mm-hmm. there's so many different components for it that, you know, for, for us that, that we're working every day and we want to take advantage of opportunities, we want to work hard. When you're thinking about advocating in that way, what kind of advice would you give someone? Well, I mean, that's, that's a loaded question. I know, so, I know. <laughs> right, that's a loaded question, especially in today's climate. Yes, So I if know. you if, if you would not, if, if, if you would just pay attention to something, um, there is something that is going on. Um, well, first of all, we, we definitely need to advocate for ourselves at work. And, and we need to, as black women, be okay with being called whatever you're called in terms of, oh, you're first of Whatever you need to call me, but I that does not mean I'm not going to advocate. Mm-hmm. We need to not be afraid of labels. I don't really care if you want to label me as an angry black woman. It's okay. Because I might be angry. Mm-hmm. And I might have just cause to be angry. Mm-hmm. Most of the time we do. But if you look at in today's climate, anything or any person, and I say anything because I'm referring to even animals, when you back anyone, the most Pass a person into a corner, they typically come out fighting. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at the situation we have today, where you have um, white women who are um, who are weaponizing the police because they are frustrated, because they just don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we become frustrated because we just don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. But the difference is we don't weaponize. We don't recognize when we become frustrated. It is okay to advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. It is okay to know that you are being mistreated 
and want to stand up for yourself. We've been told as, as, as African-Americans that we should not be standing up for ourselves. And if you do, you are kind of going against the grain. You're not going against the grain. You're doing exactly what you do when you feel like you are being backed in a corner. And so I know many people are like, well, it's my job. And i got to exercise. You know, I can't do everything everybody else can do. And you're right. We've got to be very smart. We've got to be very strategic. Mm-hmm. But when you couch things in a way where people have to respect what you say, then, they, then, then there's absolutely room for advocacy. For example, I have something in my office. Because my job, my nine-to-five job as an administrator in education in a system where we are a minority majority, where the most of our students in the system are minority. However, our staffing is not. Mm-hmm. Um, our system is also divided into areas where there's one part that's very affluent, um, it, it's white, it, and so sometimes those parents, their needs and desires and wants are very different. Well, the needs are different, but the desires are different. Mm-hmm. And so what I find myself having to do a lot of times is deal with people who are operating in privilege. And because they're operating in privilege, it starts from these phone calls and thinking you can speak a certain way. Mm-hmm. You can demand certain things. You can do certain things because of this privilege that you've been so used to having. But then they meet the black advocate. They meet the person who advocates not just for the system, but for herself. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing I say on a job, and this is for any job, I let people know under no circumstances do you have the right to be disrespectful. None. At all costs, I am going to protect my peace. Mm-hmm. And that is so important to remember. So much so, my colleague, my boss, my direct boss, the boss—they all know. They even gave me an award one time for learning how to protect your peace. <laughs> because I show people, other than me being an educator, the first thing I am when I open up my eyes is a human. Mm-hmm. And you don't get the right to infringe on my human right of being respected. You don't get to come in and talk to me any kind of way, um, expect me to do things that are over and beyond what I am required to do without a conversation. So, and I know this this is kind of going on, and I could go down the rabbit hole with this forever. I hope I'm I'm answering your question. No, you are. But it's so important for us not to separate who we are as human beings from how we show up at the workplace. Mm. You can't separate the two. Mm -hmm. I can't be somebody totally different when I go into work unless I'm an actress. And I'm not. Yeah. I have feelings. I have emotions. I have things I'm passionate about. I might have dealt with something before I left my house in the morning. I might be working through something. I may have a sick person at home. I might have just gone through a divorce. I might have just lost my child. And you have to remember that people show up to you as human. Yeah. As human first, before they show up with the problem. Now, they want to 
push the problem onto you. But it is your, in, you know, in, in, in my role, I really have to look past what the person is giving me and see them as a human and what they come with. And one of the first things I do is I make sure that I center myself in that scenario. Now, I'm not going to say all the time I'm right, because there's sometimes people catch me on the wrong day. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, I remember I have the right to advocate for myself. I have the right to tell people no when it is appropriate. I have that right, and it's okay. I think much of what you said goes right along with your personal relationships as well, your interpersonal relationships, um, whether it's uh, co-workers that you may have relationship with outside the job or friends, mm-hmm. family, husbands, wives, children. Um, I definitely think what what you said earlier hit that point where if you're not advocating and taking care of yourself first, mm-hmm. uh, none of those relationships will, will be at its fullest and at its best. Mm-hmm. Now, did this come, did this understanding come with your coaching, uh, what you learned through that or just life? Cause some people, you know, learn through what they've been through. Right. And I have, and when I tell you, I've been through a whole lot. I've been through a whole lot. I've been through divorce. I've been through the first divorce the way back. I was, I'm a child of an alcoholic, of an alcoholic father. Um, he was deceased, but loved him dearly. Um, but I grew up in that environment. And he was a good man. He, mm-hmm. was, a, he was a pastor, but he had his problems. And so from an early age, I realized and recognized that no matter where you are in your life, you show up human, mm. and the position doesn't matter, where you are, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you're made with the same cells, all the same stuff I got. Yep. You're made with the same stuff. And so, if you if you are on this planet, there are going to be some things you're going to have to experience in life. And you think when you're going through, especially when they're bad experiences, you're just like, oh my God, why is this happening to me? What have I what have I done? Why do I have to go through this? Right. It is all for your greater good. It's all for your greater good. Or it's all for your demise. So you get to choose. Wow. You get to choose. I could have chosen because of my childhood and I had a decent childhood. But when you do have a parent who suffers from any type of addiction, there are some things that you deal with. And so I could have chosen those things and I could have gone in a totally opposite direction. I could have actually, and in some cases, people go in the same direction and then realize it's not ready to be. And then some people make a choice and they go in that direction and they continue down that same road. And so we all have choices. So between being, you know, being raised in that environment, then, you know, going through my own growing pains, Getting married, going through a divorce, going through what I call financial ruin, losing everything, foreclosure, bankruptcy, um, everything. Mm-hmm. And then having, two, with two kids, with two small children, 
not having a lot of support and having to figure out how was I going to go through this, going through depression, going through, it was a lot. But none of those things came without me having what we call in the Christian world beauty for, I have beauty for my ashes. Because now I'm able to take all of those lessons and now I'm able to show other people. Mm-hmm. You can make a choice. You don't have to. You can. You can, you can be on the, um, on, the, on the crazy train. Or you can decide, I'm going to use those experiences in order to build what I need to build for myself and to help other people. So those, all of these things that I've learned, Marseille, are just simply things that I have gathered from what I have experienced. And then those things have caused me to want to learn. So having an alcoholic parent has, wanted, has, teach, has taught me to want to learn about being a child of an alcoholic, being an adult child of an alcoholic and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. What comes with that? How do I show up in relationships? How do I see the world? How do I communicate? Going through all my financial ruin has caused me to want to never be broke again, always seeking an opportunity for an entrepreneurial venture, always looking at what I can do to help manage money, Look, studying, becoming certified in credit repair, becoming a life coach. Uh, becoming, I've had so many courses, the certifications, all because I wanted to know more about the things that plagued me before. Mm-hmm. So this has been an opportunity for me to learn, for me to grow, and now for me to teach other people that you don't have to choose the other way. You can choose a beautiful life if that's what you want. When we think about, it's funny because I I, I now work in, in healthcare and I uh, part of what I do, I, I look at uh, ways to... Uh, market and mm-hmm. uh, mostly all communications work and and when I think about healthcare and I think about specifically healthcare for Black women and mm-hmm. how uh, and and sometimes just Black people period people of color and how when we go to the doctors or or, or things that we may uh, experience may differ. And I'm and now I'm always cognizant of what I'm saying at the doctors, the types of questions I'm asking. Um, mm-hmm. I remember when I was giving birth to my son and they made my youngest son and they may do this. I'm not in the delivery room, so I don't know. But I've heard mm-hmm. from so many black women, including my mama, that mm-hmm. when we say, oh, it's time, everyone wants to tell us it's not. <laughs> and I'm looking at them and I'm like, oh, no. I'm pretty sure it's time. And they're mm-hmm. telling me to stop. Just like years earlier, they had told my mother to stop. And she literally mm-hmm. turned her body around, put her feet against the wall, and started pushing on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I have heard in so many instances about uh, doctors or nurses just not taking our needs as serious and and i don't Mm -hmm. know if they think our pain levels are higher i don't know what it Mm -hmm. is that we can withstand Mm -hmm. more pain um Mm -hmm. i'm not sure what it is but advocating um 
for ourselves in healthcare. I've had instances after instances where, you know, you have to sh- go to the doctors with your grandparents or with your parents because you have to yeah. figure out what it is because they're not understanding and they're not going, you know, uh, to the next level to make sure that they understand. But I am wondering what your take or if you have any take or any experience oh. on advocating for for I'm going to say people of color because I've heard it so I've heard mm-hmm. girlfriends having to say no mm-hmm. he has this 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 and this he can't take that like it it mm-hmm. is amazing to me how many stories I've heard and and I'm starting to th- I'm like I have to talk to everybody about this because it is sounding like it's a people of color especially women in childbirth kind of thing and it's scary to me yeah it is scary um so there are a few things and I and I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, number one, in the in our community, we have to learn. Um, well, first of all, we have to be in tune with our bodies, with our own bodies. Mm-hmm. You have to recognize when something is not feeling right, mm-hmm. and stop just saying, "Oh, if this is pain, I got." No, the pain is a reaction to something that is wrong. Mm-hmm. And so, when you are in pain, something is wrong. It might be something gravely wrong, or it might be something you can fix with an aspirin. But do not ignore pain. Do not ignore pain. Why do Many we do of that? us, we, I don't know, because we feel like this goes back to advocating for yourself. If your baby came to you and told you that they had a stomachache long enough, you'd be at the ER. Yep. You're so right. But you won't do it for yourself. Or, you know, and particularly women. If our husband's complaining of something, we want to tell him to go to the doctor. But have we really gone to the doctor the way we should? Mm. So it is this programming we've had to take care of others. It's historic. This is not something that's new. We came here taking care of other people. And so we've had to learn how to be, we've got to learn how to deprogram ourselves from feeling like everyone is more important Mm -hmm. than we are. The other thing we don't do is we don't share enough. Mm-hmm. We become very closed mouthed about things that are extremely important to our health. When we experience things at the doctor or we go through something, it is important to share with our girlfriends, our male friends, our spouses. We've got to tell people, you know, black people are very, um, you know, we, we have this thing to keep the secrets when it comes to our health. Yeah. Yeah, I know people that have had terminal illnesses and haven't told anybody until they're about to die. Mm-hmm. That's so unfair. Mm-hmm. It's so unfair because you leave people. You yeah, you've gone on to glory, <laughs> but you leave people with their mouths open like what in the world? No. People don't have time to prepare. You stuff a lot of times. People affairs aren't in order. It's just it's it's, it's craziness. So we've got to do a better job of sharing information because at many times it could be life or death. Mm-hmm. In the event that you are going, you have an elder parent, and I say this all the time, but most of my parents are deceased. My sisters and I had to take care of my mother two years ago. She died in 2018. And when mm-hmm. I tell you, it is impair- I mean, it is a must, it is mandatory that you accompany your elder parents to the doctor. Mm-hmm. You cannot send them on their own. The doctors, there were things that my mother was, was told at, because we thought my mother was okay to go on her own. And what we were realizing is she wasn't getting all the right information and she wasn't sharing it with us. Mm-hmm. 
And we have to make sure we're accompanying them, we're keeping records, we're asking questions. If we don't like what's being told, we need to go to another person and get another opinion. Because a lot of times doctors like to write off the elderly. Because they're figuring they're older, you know, mm-hmm. they don't have much time, blah, blah, blah. But no, you want your people to have a comfortable ending to their life. You don't want people to be um, disease-ridden and, and suffering. and You want to give them the best care. So I encourage us to share information, mm-hmm. to accompany our elders to the doctors, and to also find doctors of, of, of color. Mm-hmm. Also find out that there's plenty of them. There's plenty of doctors of color. Find them. Seek them out. Make sure that you at least see them because they look at things in a totally different way. They understand our diet. They know how we eat. They know what they know that we have the, the tendency to take stuff back and not tell our family. They uh-huh. know how we maneuver. Yes. My mother And then hold them accountable. And that is the bigger piece, holding them accountable. My mother, so uh, in 2015, mm-hmm. uh, well, I'll, I'll go back. In 2014, my, my mother had gone to the doctors and uh, they told her she had high blood pressure and they had like given her two pills. And this was like at mm-hmm. an ER type of place. And um Time had gone by, and I was like, "Dad, my mother has not asked me about more of the medicine. Like, uh, she hasn't gotten mm-hmm. any refills, anything. But at, life had gone on. I was pregnant. Something was going on and just popped out of my head. So one day after I had my first son, he had just turned one, mm-hmm. I uh, called my mother, and she didn't answer. Now, normally, I would have just called about two, three hours later, but I tell mm-hmm. you when you got to follow these instincts and these feelings. You that have. is correct. So eight minutes later, I like I called her at first at five 30. I called her again at five 38. So when I called her back, she sounded like she was asleep. And I was like, are you sleeping? And she said, uh, no, I think I'm having a heart attack. And mm. I'm with my one year old. I'm like putting him down. Like what? So I called nine one one. The paramedics come to get her. When I get to the hospital, they turn to her immediately. It was like awful timing for me. And they were like, "You're having a massive heart attack." Now she ended up having a blockage, one hundred percent blockage and a ninety percent blockage. But Denise, mm-hmm. when I tell you, my mother had when I had to go to her house to get all her insurance information, she mm-hmm. had come home from work ironed her clothes for the next morning and was planning to go to bed because she just wasn't feeling well. She had heartburn Mm. or, you know, she just wasn't Mm. feeling well Mm -hmm. and she just ignored not feeling well all day, came Mm -hmm. home, took a shower, ironed Mm -hmm. her clothes for work and would have gone to sleep and never got to go to work the next day because she just ignored not feeling well. I called her. She told me, I think I'm having a heart attack. I called 911. I live somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and it was amazing to me. And had you not have been in tune to let me check, if you had followed your intuition, you don't know what would have happened. 
it it is in and that's why I want to talk about healthcare and and how it is important. And everything you said is just so important. I'm so glad I added it because I wasn't going to talk mm-hmm. about healthcare, but I think it's something that we we gloss over. And uh, advocating for ourselves in healthcare is important as a people, let alone individually. So um, I'm so glad right. that and we health, were able to put And that what in. we forget, though, Marche, is that healthcare starts with you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't start with the doctor. Mm. It doesn't start, medicine doesn't start with the doctor. Medicine starts with the patient. This should have been its own own dangle podcast. <laughs> They're going it. You're so right. Yes. yes. And so, again, all of the ties and the advocating for yourself, knowing you without meditating, without praying, without sitting. Let me tell you something. This quarantine, if it has, if it has taught me anything, it has taught me how to be okay sitting with me. Mm-hmm. Not even my kids. I close the door. I tell them I need my time. Mm-hmm. They know when the door is closed, leave her alone. Sitting with myself and trying to be in tune with what's going on in my body, what's going on in my mind, what's going on in my heart. I have to. How can I show up to them if I don't know those things? So, so it's, it's, it's highly important. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I just to, to <laughs> Girl, you know, I can be saying. on my soapbox. This is... I love talking about it. <laughs> no, no, this no. Is a, this is such an important topic. What I, what I was going to add to that was how, because some people I don't feel like they recognize, and I may be one of those people, um, mm-hmm. so I'm not pointing at it at, at all, but mm-hmm. how do you recognize when, okay, let me take a break, and not the break, because some people think the break is uh, I'm going to leave the kids and I'm going to go lay in the bed and get on social media. That's not mm. the break, mm-hmm. you know, and that's probably the breaks that I take, to be honest with mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. instead of doing what you said, just spending that time for yourself and, and and not feeling guilty by it or, you know, not putting it off. Like, how do you start to recognize like, OK, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I need well, a it's just like, right. It's just like with pain, how pain is a signal that something is wrong. Bad behavior is a signal that something is wrong. Mm. Um snappiness when you're snapping at everybody mm-hmm. when nothing makes sense to you when you seem overwhelmed and confused and we know when we're overwhelmed we know when we're confused about things we know when we can't get right now I took a vacation from my job and I work from home some people would think why do you need a vacation because I don't want to think anything about my job nothing Denise, I'm glad you said that. Someone told me they were going on vacation and they worked from home. And my immediate thought was, well, that's a waste. But this is why we have to have these conversations. (laughs) Because I did. I immediately thought, well, you work from home. That's as good as it gets. What do you need a vacation for? Right, right, right. But it's not because when you're working from home, a lot of times you work more than when you're at an office. I'm just hating because I go to work. Usually when I go into my office, we have it. Yeah. Issues, fires coming up. 
when, when you work in a school system, there's a fire every five minutes. There's something that's got to be done right away. Mm-hmm. I told myself, I'm going to use my vacation days, and I got enough of them. To use, I got enough vacation days to, 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 to do whatever, but I'm going to use my time because I don't want to be bothered, yeah. and I want to focus on me. And so what have I done during that time? Some days I sleep late. I wake up. I meditate. I get on my computer. I investigate some other things I'm trying to do. I'm looking at other business opportunities. I talk to my children. We sit up. We might have a movie day. But I do things to recharge me because guess what? When I go back to work next week, I will be truly recharged Mm -hmm. because I've turned it off. I turned it off. And it is important to do that. So what do breaks look like? They look like sometimes just laying on your bed, looking at the ceiling mm. and thinking. Sometimes they look like getting in your car and driving around the beltway with the podcast playing. Oh, now that's, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> sometimes it looks like going to sit out in a park. Mm-hmm. And just listen. I've been spending more time right now on my patio than I I cannot believe how much. Oh, yeah. I, I went out and bought plants from Lowe's. <laughs> I went out and bought, I have a little table. I've got, I, the other night I took my laptop outside, put a speaker, and watched Netflix outside. Oh, that sounds awesome. So you do things that just bring you peace. Mm-hmm. You do things that bring you peace and you don't stuff it with things that aren't any good for you because we have a tendency to do that too. We substitute time when we really just need to be thinking and meditating and praying. We substitute it with sometimes scrolling through social media Mm -hmm. and nothing's wrong with that, but you know, we, we do it a little too much. Yeah. Sometimes we, we feel it with drinking too much. Yeah. With with gossiping, with looking at things that really aren't appropriate for us to look at all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just got to be mindful that we've got to replenish ourselves with something that is going to benefit the people we have to serve. Replenish. It's got to benefit us and it's got to benefit the people we're serving. I love, I love replenish. I love that because I, I think we all get to, to that point where we're give, 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 be it at work, our kids, other relationships. Uh, that replenishment is vital. It's very vital. Very vital. So don't be, don't feel weird when you just want to sit in silence. Silence is, there's nothing wrong with silence. I talk about this even with communicating. Taking the time to practice the pause. When someone comes to you, especially when we're talking about our romantic relationship, and we could do a whole other podcast on that. <laughs> when we are in the heat of arguments, when we are trying to figure things out, it is okay to not say anything. You don't have to fill every space with a word. Mm-hmm. If your partner is talking to you, just listen. Sometimes, especially as women, we have a hard time not wanting to feel dead space. Just let it be quiet. Mm-hmm. If he tells you something, okay, and leave it. I promise you, your whole life will change. <laughs> You'll be like, what? 
Just no, I'm not talking about something that you have to discuss. That's very important. But some things we don't have to say. Practicing the pause. Be okay with with silence. I love that. Practicing the pause. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you. So, like, uh, I, I'm I'm trying because I, I like to keep my <laughs> podcast. My last podcast was so daggone long. So I, I, I like to keep them at a certain length, but then I fight with it because I'm always so just engaged and so happy to, to, to hear the wealth of information I'm being given that I, I just say, forget it. But I am going to be, because I want to have you back. Um, oh, I, I would am, love to come back. I, I love and I hope I don't go on and on and because you know what when you become and i do a it, i'm so passionate about what we are discussing um because i just can't tell you enough how we struggle as a people because we don't treat ourselves the greatest mm-hmm. and the bible gives us a commandment i'll probably leave off with this if, if this is a good part to leave off on which is we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. So what that really means is you're supposed to love yourself so much that the 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 um, benchmark is you. That's mm-hmm. self-love. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to love others as much as you love yourself. But you can't do that if you don't love yourself. And so many people <laughs> probably don't recognize it. They They feel they do. They feel the burnout. Is, is what right. they're supposed to do. That's right. That's right. The Art of Advocating for Yourself. I've changed the title. <laughs> I have changed the title of this podcast. It is The Art of Advocating for Yourself, Advocating for yeah. You. And we're going to have to do part three, part 17, <laughs> and part 37 because there is no way we can fit it all into this one conversation as much as I love uh, hearing you and, and, and hearing your voice and, and your thoughtful words. Um, I, I am just uh, so thankful and so excited. But I did want to give you an opportunity that if someone wanted to get in contact with you for your uh, coaching services, for mm-hmm. even your real estate services, could you give a, 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 an email or a website? Anything sure, you want to leave sure, with? Sure. So I appreciate it. And I just want to say this before I do this. I appreciate you. From the time that I was introduced to you, you have been one of the most consistently pleasant people I have ever had the pleasure of meeting. You don't meet people who are always pleasant. Like, you might meet somebody who was pleasant when you met them the first time, and then you meet them. You're the same all the time, and I appreciate you as a black woman, as a black, my black sister friend. I just appreciate your demeanor. I appreciate the way you approach people all the time. And I just I just want to say thank you for giving me this opportunity today. Um, it means the world to me. It thank really you, does. Thank you. Thank you so much, Denise. Oh, you made so, me so happy. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so um, my website is positivewisdom.org, P-O-S-I-T-I-V-E, wisdom.org. You can go on that site. It's very... It's a very basic site, but basically it gives you an opportunity to sign up for a session. The first 30 minutes is free. So if you want to just call and, and um, or, or sign up on the site, you can put in a scheduler. Um, I have a scheduler on the site. You can sign up for a 30-minute um, consultation where we kind of just brainstorm and figure out 
what it is you're looking to do. If you just need somebody to talk to for 30 minutes, it's free. So um, I am available that way. For my all of my real estate, you can email me at um, G as in George, D as in Denise, Salisbury, S-A-U-L-S-B-U-R-Y, at gmail.com. It's just my Gmail address. I'm with United Real Estate Executives. Um, but you can always, even if you want to send me a message on positivewisdom.org um, and just say, hey, I got a real estate question. I am in the process right now of creating a YouTube channel. Um, so I'm going to put a lot of things on that um, channel, all things related to real estate, education, and um, life coaching. They'll be on that channel. Um, and so I'm just very excited. And, and again, I'm very happy to be able to partner and work with um, Marche because she is absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you dearly. I love am you. Uh, looking forward to hearing more from you. And I just thank you for spending some time with me today. And I look forward to having you back. Okay. This, this is Thank it. you. Would love to be back. Would love to be back. <laughs> you, you came in here and changed the title of the podcast <laughs> and everything. So, no. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. Take care. And I look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Take care. Thank you all again so much for joining us for another episode. I have to tell you that I am inspired. Uh, to do a, a part two and possibly a part three around this conversation because uh, I think it's important and I think it's something that um, while talking a lot about advocating for others and the purpose of this podcast and, and the reasoning behind why I even created it, uh, today I just thought about you know how to go beyond what I originally thought and, and how to really make a, a larger impact in people's lives. So I thank you so much for joining us. I thank you again, uh, Miss Denise Salisbury, for your encouraging words and uh, sharing your knowledge with us. Until next time, thank you all.